Welcome to the MBEF in the Know podcast. This is Ellen Padnos, and I'm sitting down with with Wish Weinstein and Jen Cram. Today we're talking about our PTAs and how our PTAs are making our schools communities. Hi, girls. Hello. Nice to see you. Thanks for taking time to sit down with me. I just wanted to get started by having you introduce yourself. I'm Wish Weinstein. I am our current District Advisory Council President. We meet once a month to share what's going on across the district, what uh, is working, what's not working, what are parents concerned about, what are their goals for the future. Great. And makes all the PTAs more cohesive, right? Yes. and and So that you're all doing the same... It's not necessarily like the exact same thing, but for example... You know, Penny Camp, they had a bingo night a few weekends ago, and but Pacific had a movie night, and then Grand Views is coming up. And so each school still has their things that work for them, and maybe there's differentiations, but overall, there's general parity and similarity into a sen- building a sense of community. Great, thanks. I'm Jen Cram, and I am a co PTA president at Grand View Elementary. This is my second year as co PTA president, and I have held multiple positions on our exec board and I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Ellen. Great. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you both. And thanks for the work you do on our PTAs. I know they're huge jobs. It's a lot that goes into your job that we don't see. We just see the benefits of it. So thank you very much. I would love to know, Wish, when you and I caught up before this podcast, you talked about why you are so drawn to working on the PTA. What is it about the PTAs that you find so important and worth spending so much time on? So prior to being on the PTA, I was a teacher before I had kids. So it just kind of naturally worked out for me, became the person that answered questions for people because they're like, what is this? Why, you know, why do I have to do this? What's this activity? What's this activity? So I just kind of fell into it and I just love the sense of culture that we have. I remember when I first got to Pacific, I was actually overwhelmed by it. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to be able to participate in this number of activities? And I just think it's so unique to Manhattan Beach. And I've lived in three different states and taught in three different states. And while I was at other amazing places and amazing schools, it's just this perfect balance of small town charm, amazing teachers, amazing culture. It just all really works. And people want to be here. And people are excited to be part of a fundraiser. You're not always begging for volunteers. I mean, sometimes you have to twist a few arms here and there, but generally speaking, people enjoy participating. Can I add, I think the interesting thing about um, Manhattan Beach is people seek it out. When we first moved here about 15 or 16 years ago, no one really knew about Manhattan Beach. People knew it was a great community, had great schools, but over the last 10 years, people know Manhattan Beach for its community and the efforts that parents put into it and the great schools and everything about it. So I think that's what's interesting about Manhattan Beach is it's not a secret anymore. It's now the secret's gotten out, but it's still that same grassroots community of parents. I really think the PTAs lays the groundwork for community. Jen, when we were preparing for for this talk, you were talking a little bit about how the, the role of PTAs has changed over the past 10 years. Sure. And I thought that was really interesting and something that I definitely didn't know. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah. So my oldest is a seventh grader now. And when I first got involved, I was actually pregnant with my third child. So I was probably crazy for getting involved. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what I found out was that in the uh, mid-2000s, there were layoffs of 
a lot of teachers and um, teachers aides in our school district. And the PTA really jumped in and parents were then in the classroom helping with centers, helping with things for the teachers. And it really changed what our community was. Our community was always working together for our kids and for our community. But I think parents really got involved and it was all hands on deck and let's really create a better village of people. So that I think is the difference between where we were, you know, 15 years ago and where we are today, where PTAs, I think, have always been a fundraising part of it, but we're really partnerships with our teachers, with our administrators, with everyone. And we're trying to build a, a strong foundation in a community to be better for our kids. So I think that might be the difference. That's great. Okay, so let's talk about the donation because you're in your membership drive and your donation drive right now. And $400 is a lot of money. I know all the schools are a little different, but you know, I think they're all around that area. Can you tell us how does the school need that money? So everything our kids touch, the art supplies, the paper, everything that our kids are doing on a daily basis, that's what the PTA is paying for. So we like to say it's the stuff. And MBF then comes in and they pay for the people. Uh, So our music teachers, that's thanks to the MBEF and the PE teachers and our librarian. And at Grandview, Mrs. Snively is the heart and soul. And but PTA, that's what we're we're funding for the books in everyday classrooms, um, for the books that Mrs. Snively needs, because those books come back a little um, a little bit harder damage than they went out with. Um, But I think that's what people forget is that just because you've moved here and it's a great school, we still need that support um, on an everyday basis. And whether it's $400 or $200 or whatever it may be, we use every dollar. That does not get put into parties or anything like that. The parties that we do are raising money for our school. We're not doing anything different. So I think that's what people don't understand is that we really need the money and then we use it on an annual basis. So for the full school year, we spend about 90% of the money that we've earned in that school year for our kids. So great, great. I've been a young at our docent for years. So thank you. I know it's always so great to have those supplies paid for. But you know, so I understand that. And then there's also wish you were telling me about the technology fund, which I didn't know about per student, because I know a big chunk of the money also goes into that technology fund. So each PTA is on the hook, so to speak, for $100 per student annually to cover individual laptops, depending on the grade level. It's basically one-to-one ratio for anyone third grade and up. The teacher microphones, the teacher computers, the smart boards that you see at some of the different schools. So you're not going to necessarily spend exactly $100 every single year, but generally speaking, that's about what has been spent historically. So that's kind of how they came up with that number. And then if there was an extenuating set of circumstances and the PTA was gonna go over their budget, then the district would come in and support those basic needs of the one-to-one student computers and the one-to-one teacher computers and all the basics of technology. Okay, great. And why doesn't the district cover these these costs? I mean, it's just, it's our, budget is kind of uh, tough, and to say the least. <laughs> I could talk to you for about three hours just on that topic alone, so I'm not sure where to start with that question. But, you know, so basically the PTAs collectively donate about a million dollars per year, which is 
not insignificant. No, that is really significant. I mean, like, you know, like Jen said, it's the paper, it's the pencils, it's the ink, it's, uh, and it's not necessarily the classroom ink, but it's, you know, those Xerox machines and all that ink and, Mm -hmm. um, just every little paper clips, like things you don't think about and you think, oh, of course the school's paying for that. Um, but actually PTA is paying for most of those materials and teacher budgets, they get to purchase the classroom materials that make sense for their grade level or their students. And that's, you know, there's a little bit of personalization in there, which Mm -hmm. I think that they appreciate. And so if all of a sudden people were to not donate or to reduce their donation significantly, that's going to impact the district level budget too. And, you know, if you think about a million dollars, that's between eight and 10 teachers annually that they would then not be able to afford anymore if we weren't paying for all of these other materials. Yeah. And last year, I think, really tested those budgets because I know at Grandview, we had a lot of our budget go to technology because our teachers had to set up a home office. So they had to essentially start from scratch. So a lot of our budget last year, because we had a lot of questions about that, was my dollars going to? And that was essentially setting up a classroom at home for those teachers to teach. And that's what we were providing, a dock camera, some extra materials at home, essentially a, a duplicate classroom was at home and that's what we were providing and thank goodness for that because our kids were able to feel like they were slightly a part of the classroom even though they weren't and then going back to partnership you know with mbef they even granted and i don't remember the exact dollar amount maybe you do you know a distance learning grant yes. went to the district that paid for a lot of the online materials and curriculum and so then again the mbef is paying for kind of the program or the person and the PTA is paying for the actual yep. nitty-gritty little supplies that are needed to make it happen. That is so interesting. I didn't know that. And I'm sure, Jen, you put it out yes. that that's where the money was going. Yes. But I was I made my donation to last year to the PTA. And in my COVID crankiness, I was like, I don't know why I'm, the PTA needs money. <laughs> yeah. But so I'm really thrilled to know. Yeah. I think a lot of people have that perspective. And I get it. As a parent, I'm you know that's not exactly exciting to hear that my money went towards the technology but at home needed. because we, but we needed it. Our, t- our kids, especially I have a, now a kindergartner last year and a fourth grader last year, and they needed those, that back office to, or the back classroom to learn the calendar. My kindergartner was learning the calendar. He couldn't do it on a zoom. He had to see it for himself. So the teacher had to go get another calendar and put it up behind her. So those things, that's what we were providing for our, our students. That's great. It's so nice to be talking to you both because I read the flyers and I read the newsletters and all those kind of things. But to listen to you, it really brings it to life at the next level. So thank you. So are the teachers in the PTA as well? Yes, the teachers are an important part. They are the T in the PTA. So they're an important aspect to our meetings and to our everyday community. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to do all the things that we can do. They bring such great ideas to us. They're always thinking about how we can make it better or do this you know, more efficiently or whatever it is. So we truly believe it's a partnership between parents and teachers and we value their opinions so much. So yeah, we have a teacher that sits on our exec board meetings and we rotate who that person may be depending on schedules. So we get perspectives from the younger grades and the older grades and what's happening um, on their grade level and what we can do to support that and what you know, all those things. And so that's, I think, an important aspect of PTA that sometimes we forget. Great. And every school kind of sets it up a little differently. Yeah. Some have, you know, one or two people that will do it for a year and then they'll switch out. For other boards, it's not necessarily an official position, but 
they'll have that perspective and the principal will bring that perspective to the meeting if it's during class time and the teachers can't be there. And they are always so appreciative, again, you know, of the PTA because, uh, you know, that's, they just, you know, there's just that wonderful relationship there that is just mutually beneficial where we're able to fund the supplies that they want to use in their classroom and, you know, also bring volunteers for activities that they might want to do. So... Yeah, and I would say almost every year we get full participation for donations from our teachers to the PTA. So not only are they the ones using what we're providing, but they're donating to it. So they see the direct benefit from both sides. I saw that in our new Grandview Principals newsletter that she was saying she donates to MBEF and the PTA. And I just thought that was, again, community. Like we're all in this together. Yeah. And I will say it's true. Most of the teachers across the district do join, which is awesome. And which reminds me that it's also important that if you have two parents in your family, that it is ideal for both of the parents to become a quote unquote member and join that membership. Because when our local lawmakers go to look at their budgets and what they're prioritizing and who they're listening to, if our PTA has a high number of participants, that means that we are caring about our schools, we are paying attention, and we want to know what you're doing to help us. So they do really look at those numbers. So every single member helps. So, for example, in my house, I should be a PTA member and my husband should be a PTA member. Ideally, yes. Oh, it's that's not, interesting. It's not required or anything. You'll still get no, your but- magnet or your water bottle <laughs> or whatever it is, but... Because you're, you know, you have but it helps on a state level. Yes. No, that's really interesting because I know, like, for MBEF, the Skechers Walk is such a great thing to participate in. So there's all these almost, you know, little ways we can help that are really easy to us, but in aggregate, they would help a lot. So there's my little plug to run (laughs) in the Skechers Walk as well. well. I also want to, and one thing I do want to add is that I know at the beginning of the year, We send out a lot of emails, please contribute to the PTA, the Skechers Walk, MBEF, but we have to get that going at the beginning of the year so we know what our budget is to spend for the remainder of the year. So we have to spend it. We are required to spend it by the end of our fiscal year, which is June 30th. So that's why we, we, I mean, we we don't like to hit people up right at the beginning of a school year because everyone's just getting acclimated and all that good stuff, but we have to know if we can do more programs or we can do more field trips or we can buy that new thing or supply the musicians this or what. So that's why we ask for it up front. And, you know, it's not ideal, but that's why we do it. And if you need to do it over a monthly basis, we can work work that out. But just so parents understand that we're not doing that to torture them. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. I mean, it makes so much sense to hear you say that, but I never thought about it that way. So thank you for explaining that. And a good reminder also that NBF also sets it up. You can give stock. You can also do the monthly payment if you wanted to. You can pledge now and then you can say, you know, I'm going to get my work bonus at the end of the year, so don't take it out till January 1st. Or I need my tax credit, so please take it out December 31st. Exactly. You can pick that date now and they wouldn't charge you till then. Exactly. Great. One other thing, Wish, when we were talking, you talked about how you and Hillary are working so closely this year. Can you talk a little bit about, I can see parents having a question of why do I have to donate to PTA, especially newer parents who are learning all this because there's so much to learn. 
YPTA and YMBEF. Can you talk about that a little bit, please? So, you know, for example, the science program. We have Miss Lou at Pacific Elementary, who's amazing. So MBEF pays for her salary, and then the PTA pays for all of those materials that she would need to teach the lesson. And with science, there are a significant amount of those. And Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to teach that just from a textbook. So, you know, so that's a small example, but it's just, you know, we are also all fundraising, right? We're all asking the same people for money. You know, I'm asking you for an MBF donation. I'm asking you for a PTA donation. Next week, I'm going to be asking you again about the Skechers Walk. And you're hitting up these same people all the time. So it's important that we also are remembering that perspective that, you know, we have to really be thoughtful about engaging people in a way that is meaningful to them. And so that they are participating in a level that they're comfortable with, but that they also feel like they are really making a strong contribution at the same time. So one of my favorite podcasters always asked a question that I will copy today. And it's, uh, if you had a billboard, what would you say? But this is, if the PTA had a billboard, what would you want to say to the parents in our community? I'll let you start. I mean, is it cliche to say we're all in this together? And I know that that is common, but you know, it really, and it goes back to the community. I mean, we just, the reason that this place is so amazing and that we all love it so much and that we're so happy to have our kids go here is because we are all participating in whatever way it is. And, you know, I know volunteers are anxious to get back on campus. So, you know, even during COVID, there was a moment where we needed to find, it was literally Friday afternoon of spring break and we needed to find, I don't know, 10 or 20 volunteers to peel plastic off of the, um, the, what? Uh, the plexiglass, thank you. And so, which was like an incredibly laborious job. And people showed up and they all got done and it was just incredible to see that even Friday afternoon of spring break when especially during COVID when you're like okay I'm finally going to get to leave my house (laughs) Um, the people sort of like okay I can make this happen we can do it so I just it really reminds you of just how much people care and that they will show up I would say the billboard would say it takes a village and I mean that in not everyone can help in the classroom Not everyone can donate, but everyone can find a place that they can help out in as big or small as that is. And that's what a village is. You either are, you know, digging the trenches or you're helping do something else. But I think that's what our community is, is there are those people you can call on and they'll just jump in with both feet. And it's, it's great. It's really incredible to say about a community of, of a diverse amount of people. So. And with that, I would like to encourage those kindergarten, first grade, second grade parents that really haven't had that opportunity to, whether it's participating more behind the scenes or on campus, you know, and it's a little bit nerve wracking, especially we've all been kind of hiding out for so long. I really encourage you to put yourself out there as opportunities arise this year, because I promise you'll make great friendships that you would have never made otherwise, because your kids may not line up in age. And, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there, but I, you'll get back tenfold what you put into it. So Yeah, and I would say if for any of those younger families that are listening, please reach out to your PTAs because I can speak for myself and I'm thinking about 10 different things, but my main concern is bringing in people and making sure everyone feels a part of the community, but I'm not thinking about it all the time. So reach out and say, I want to help, but I don't know how, and we'll figure out a place for you, whether big or small. So I would, I would encourage anyone that's even thinking about it to do it. I love that. We need everyone in the village and you're just kind of inviting people in. This is perfect. Thank you so much. How about middle school and high school? And I know you both have younger children. 
So I don't know if you know the answers. Maybe you do as the um, advisory chair. But why is a PTA still important as the kids get older and kind of are in their deeper in their own sports and kind of their own activities? Well, I think, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of kids are in sports, you know, but PTA is everybody. It is, you know, their thing is every child, one voice. And so it is important that if a child hasn't necessarily found their niche yet, that they do still feel like they are a part of the community and that there are events. And even in middle school and high school, they do have some, you know, events throughout the year. The barbecue tailgate is coming up on the 24th, I think. No, uh, at the end of this month, the 25th, mm-hmm. maybe, whatever that Friday is. You know, so that's a perfect example. The PTA is putting on that event and they're, you know, inviting and they're actually inviting everyone even if you are younger you don't even have to be in high school to attend but um so it's important to feel like you're part of it well and also i have a i do have a middle schooler and i think it's the clubs also they're exposed to so many different types of clubs there's a drama club there's a dance club well that's supported by the pta oh i didn't know they were supported by the pta yeah those are supported by the pta and every little i mean the i feel like the middle school doesn't get nearly enough Um, support because they are so behind the scenes because you're not on campus as a parent you don't get to see that interaction and and the things that are happening behind the scenes but they're doing so much for the programs and the student council is really big at middle school and they're supporting that so yeah I think middle school doesn't get enough credit for what they're doing behind the scenes yeah my middle schooler went through and really took advantage of the clubs and I had no idea that it was the PTA to Mm -hmm. that was you know, in part behind that. I know there's the teacher who's there, but that's great to know. I should also have a different episode with Katie and Penny yes. and Heather because I'm sure they could tell us a lot more about Definitely. about that. But that was that was really helpful. Thank you. I was how many hours a week are you? <laughs> I'm just curious about this because I have this sense that I mean, just kind of in our personal lives, we are all taking care of so many things and like no one realizes how long it takes to make dinner <laughs> or how clothes get like magically folded or yes. whatever and it's like I don't know why I'm always busy but everything takes so long um, and I have a sense that the PTA is a little bit like that too you guys are kind of making the sausage and you know no one really knows how it's made so how many hours a week do you think you're spending and wish you do a lot with MBEF as well so maybe you could talk about all your all your work you do for the district what do you what do you think how many hours a week I mean collectively in my various roles I mean it's definitely a full-time gig for sure and you know it's my own flexibility so you know I can pick up my kid at 215 and when he gets out of school and then pick up the other one at 245 and um, so I have that flexibility where I can set up meetings and phone calls or whatever I need to be doing on my own time but you know I'll be on my computer a lot at 5 30 a.m. or 10 30 p.m. or you know so um, and it does also vary week to week for sure but um, and I'm also ser- serving in various roles but I will say when I was a PTA president at Pacific and that was my only role that year it was definitely full-time that job more than the other jobs is ruthless and just as far as time goes <laughs> yeah and well and given that my first year as a co-pta president was covid <laughs> um i would say and i'm not probably exaggerating i probably worked 35 hours a week um my husband would joke like i'm on a zoom and he's off his zooms he's done for the day. <laughs> you know and he works a big job you know i mean he's not i mean he, he's in the office at six and he's out by 5 30 and he's like you're still on zoom what's going on <laughs> 
So yeah, I think COVID was a little much, but yeah, I, I mean, you also like Wish had said, you put in what you want to get out. And there are some days I want to get a little less out, but <laughs> I definitely, I put it in because I really truly believe in this and I have three kids and we made a commitment to this community and I just want to do the best for all of them. So yeah, some days it's harder than others. Great. Yeah. Well, we'll end on a huge thank you. Just, I don't know if I can do it on behalf of the community, <laughs> but I can certainly do a personal thank you because I know how much I benefit from our schools being such wonderful communities. So thank you both for all the hours you put in that we all benefit from, all of our kids. And I just really appreciate you. I appreciate what you do. And I'm so grateful that you guys gave me some time today. Thanks, Ellen. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much.